Hey church family, if you would open up your copy of God's Word with me to Psalm chapter 137. The book of Psalms right in the middle of the Bible, chapter 137. We'll get to that in just a moment. As we've been able to worship together this morning, as we'll continue as well, I wanted to do something a little different this morning. We've got a lot of excitement and enthusiasm building up to next Sunday, us, us preparing to regather in person to worship and celebrate Jesus. And as we look forward to next week, what I wanted to do this morning is I wanted to take an opportunity in place of what we would consider a typical sermon. I want to take a moment to share my heart with you. And along me sharing my heart with you, we'll have some good updates. I'll provide um, some things of what you can expect next week, some helpful um, reminders, as well as here's what I especially think God's gonna be up to during this time. He's going to provide an opportunity from his word during our time together today to help us best prepare the posture of our hearts individually, our hearts collectively as the body of Christ, as we prepare to gather in person next Sunday, June 7th. I don't know about you, but as I think about next Sunday, the reality, right, that we are finally here one week away from regathering in person I can't tell you how excited I am just looking forward to that. And I know many of you share that excitement as well. You've reached out to me. You've, you've shared that enthusiasm with me. I've seen you in person. You've made phone calls and things like that. And what I want to do right now is I want to assure you we are taking all necessary precautions for us to be safe as a church family and for us to be um, unhindered for authentic, sincere, passionate, spirit-filled worship as we gather in person next Sunday. So here's some information about what that's going to look like. We're gonna have two services next Sunday, 9 a.m. and 11.30 a.m. We're gonna have these two identical services, 60 minutes each, and what the spacing of this is going to allow is for us to be able to clean everything between services. All chairs, surfaces, bathrooms, they'll be completely clean between both services. And also during each service, we're going to have different groupings of chairs and seating arrangements positioned so that you can come in, whether you're on your own or with, with your families, and you can sit in a way that is acceptable per health regulations, while also providing you a comfortable environment for us to exalt resurrected Jesus. When you arrive here on campus, um, we want to ask that you be mindful. Our only entrance will be through the doors under our steeple. That's the northwest parking lot, the parking lot closest to the Sonic, the parking lot closest to the bank here. And as you come in through our steeple doors, you're gonna receive a warm welcome from our greeters and our leadership team. And check this out, they're gonna open the doors, they're gonna close the doors from you. You don't have to touch anything. And I know we're Baptist church, but as soon as you come in, there's gonna be two alcohol stations. Not for consumption, but for you to slap on your hands at these hand sanitizing stations, clean yourself up and get as comfortable as possible as you enter into our worship center together with the bride of Christ. You'll notice the different seating arrangement. You'll even notice giving stations. It's not wise at this time for us to pass offering plates. So we're gonna have three giving stations located in our welcome center. So you can, at a comfortable distance, still be freed up to, to give back, to be good stewards of the financial resources God's blessed you in his grace through Jesus as your savior. You also notice we're even going to have a digital bulletin. You'll be able to 
pull up your phone, your favorite device, bring your iPad, whatever it is, and you'll be able to click on a link and have everything accessible for a bulletin as you're accustomed to for in-person gathering. As we come through here, I do want you to know this as well. This is a big question we've had from quite a few folks. What about face coverings? Masks will not be required. You are welcome if you're most comfortable to keep your face covered. That is totally okay. But for June 7th, we are not requiring people to wear face coverings. As you can tell, as you come on a campus, there will definitely be some things different as we begin regathering in person. Um, in addition to what you'll notice different when you come on a campus, in addition to that, you'll notice quite a few differences for the actual service as well. And this all stems from where we find ourselves during this season, as well as um, things indicative of what the COVID-19 season is dictating in all health regulations. You'll see as we begin our worship service, um, although we'll have our band up on stage and we'll have our lead singers, unfortunately, we are not able to have our choir return just yet. Based on different health regulations, it's just not the wisest step to have our choir members standing shoulder to shoulder and swapping saliva with one another. But I do want you to know, as soon as health regulations allow us to get you back on stage, we look forward to, as soon as possible, our choir, our worship leaders in the choir, returning to the stage and leading us in worship in that capacity. You may remember from our business meeting, as we've had different um, position transitions and adjustments, um, what we're doing at this time, we're currently searching for a, a, a more of a interim worship leader. On a part-time level, we're looking for an interim worship leader who will come in and serve as a lead vocalist and a lead instrumentalist who will then lead our, our in-place um, band members as well as work with our, our in-place um, leading our worship associate, Bob Diedorf. And then in the next couple months, as well as providing leadership in the worship ministry over our choir, as we're able to, um, with great enthusiasm, bring them back up on stage to lead us in worship. As we prepare going forward with this, there's a couple other things I want you to be aware of as well. What we want to do to do our best in preparing our campus for worship is we're asking you to go online to our website, katiesfirst.org. And right there on the homepage will be an opportunity for you to register for both services. This is not mandatory. If you don't register, we will not turn you away. But with that said, guys, I want to encourage you strongly. If you can, please make an effort to register because us having an indication of how many to expect on our first Sunday physically back will help us best prepare on how we position things in moving forward. I mean, I can't see you right now. Take the moment right now, open up your device, log into katiesfirst.org and, and click on that registration link. You'll see it right there, front and center on our website's homepage. So I'm sharing our enthusiasm, I'm sharing these precautions we're taking. And I think even though we're coming through the glass of our devices, it's obvious that I'm not gonna allow these precautions to extinguish our enthusiasm for regathering in person. I am pumped. Our entire team of leaders and volunteers, we are pumped to see you and your families coming through our physical doors so we can come together and exalt Jesus. With that said, however, there's something else I just can't deny during this time. In this excitement, in this um, enthusiastic hopefulness, I personally, as, as I'm confident you are as well, 
I still find myself encountering a present heaviness over this entire situation. For as excited as we are to get back to in-person gatherings and pursue all God has in store for us for, for His glory through us as the local bride, there is heartache associated with this overall season that is still very real. When we regather in person next Sunday, maybe you haven't realized this, but it will be three months to the date since we last physically gathered in person in our building to worship our Lord and Savior. Three months. An entire quarter of a calendar year has passed since we've last gathered together in person in our building. Over these last three months, a, a global pandemic has truly impacted every aspect of creation. We've even had several of our own members here, Katie's first, come down with COVID-19. Praise the Lord, since then they've made full recoveries. So if you see them, don't run the other way. Additionally, over these last three months, there's not only been health hardships, but truly, and unlike ever before, economic collapse and financial crisis. And yes, that still hurts today. As our services will have a different look to them due to this season, some of our faces will too. And no, I don't mean our faces will look different because some will have face coverings and others won't. But as we regather, we'll see some familiar faces and be encouraged. And I'm certain we'll see some new faces and be encouraged. But what we know as well is there'll be some familiar faces we're missing. Some members of Katie's First, as a result of the economic collapse and different job opportunities, they've had to pack up and, and relocate and move, and they won't be with us. In addition to that, as a church family, we've also had three cherished employees we will no longer see in the same capacity we've been accustomed to enjoying them for many years, and that still hurts. I think it's obvious you can still hear the grieving in my voice. And as excited as we are moving forward, getting back together in person, I know it's going to be absolutely amazing in person with one another, how God created us to be in the flesh. I've been gripped by this reality of the presence of such deep, simultaneous heartache and hopefulness. It's, it's really curious how they both, at such deep levels, can coexist simultaneously, and they do. And that's where God's brought me as your senior pastor here to the place of Psalm 137. Psalm 137 says this in the first four verses. By the waters of Babylon, there we sat down and wept. When we remembered Zion... On the willows there, we hung up our harps. For there our captors required of us songs and our tormentors mirth, literally meaning for their humorous pleasure, our tormentors kept saying and prodding, sing us one of the songs of Zion. And our response in our hearts in verse four says, how shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land. 
something we see abundantly present in this passage, and, and rightfully so, is sorrow, is grief, is anguish, heartache. There's this monumental homesickness present in these first four verses. A desperation for things as they know they should be, though they find themselves situated in something that could not be any further than as God may have designed and desired them to be. See right here, it's, it's not the likes of a John Denver song reminiscing about country roads taking me home. This is a nation, not individuals, not a handful of families, but communities upon communities, regions upon regions, an entire nation represented that were hauled off into exile, captive exiles, where they were now, not for years, not for decades, but for centuries after centuries, generations after generations, longing for their homeland of Yerushalayim, the city of peace. There where they knew the familiar presence of God in the temple worship and sacrifices, gathered together with their families in community as they knew God designed it. And here their lives included their captors. It says in these four verses, tormenting them daily, requesting them sing their songs about a homeland. A deepest, most wrenching reminders of their not being where they should and things not quite shaping up as they would have anticipated. How can we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? Obvious heartache. But notice the remaining verses in chapter 137. Their laments don't stay in a condition of grieving or anguish. But something happens here where their heartache gives way to hopefulness. Verse 5 to 9 say this, If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget its skill. Let my tongue stick to the roof of my mouth if I do not remember you, if I do not set Jerusalem above my highest joy. Remember, O Lord, against the Edomites, the day of Jerusalem, how they said, lay it bare, lay it bare down to its foundations. O daughter of Babylon, doomed to be destroyed, blessed shall he be who repays you with what you have done to us. Blessed shall he be who takes your little ones and dashes them against the rock. I, I know, I, I realize something here as you just heard me read that, as you just followed along. This is likely not exactly how we would express hopefulness in our day and age. But remember the context here, generations in exile, their tormentors requesting them sing the songs of the Lord while being in a foreign land. And here in verse eight, as they're remembering the Lord, who they are in the Lord and the reason for their existence in that, they have hopefulness. O daughter of Babylon, doomed to be destroyed, blessed shall he be who repays you with what you've done to us. They're calling on the Lord. In the midst of their heartache, they're finding this hopefulness in the reality of who they are in the Lord. 
the purpose of their existence as a nation of Israel in the Lord. Though they may have expressed it a little different than we may have initially expressed hopefulness in our day and age, they're expressing a hopefulness in the Lord, being reminded of who he is, who they are in them, and his capabilities on their behalves. And where they began in grief and heartache, they have now been transformed into a hopefulness, recognizing blessed is he who will repay this difficult season. And it's here in a lot of ways. I feel my heart sharing this in similar degrees. Don't don't mishear me. In no way am I suggesting that this COVID-19 season is as catastrophic as the exiles in Babylon. I mean, remember this season in Babylon, these exiles, these were numerous cultural genocides to the point where historical record has has no trace of other cultures except for one, the Israelites, because they found a way to transfer their heartache, though they dealt with it real and honestly, as they dealt with it, they allowed the Lord and who they were in the Lord and why they existed in the Lord to be transformed into hopefulness moving forward. While I don't believe COVID-19 is equivalent to this cultural genocide in the Old Testament, on all accounts, I wholeheartedly agree with those who say it is very similar to the global reshaping that came as a result of the Great War, World War I, and things like the Spanish flu that followed just after. Dozens upon dozens of millions of deaths. A global reshaping of life, never to be as it was before. That's where I see the similarities here. This is where I see God drawing me to Psalm 137 in the the deep simultaneous heartache as well as hopefulness. As I consider Psalm 137 in the season of COVID-19, the reality is this, church. We're not coming out of a season to a normal. We're coming out of a season into a new season where things have completely changed And the world will never be as it was. Not a season, not weeks, but truly months and years. A different environment. And what we see from the Israelites in Psalm 137 is that though they were in a different environment, they were able to take the reality of who they were and why they existed as a nation of Israel. And it transformed their heartache to hopefulness where they truly could sing the songs of Yahweh even in a foreign land, even in a radically transformed, new to them environment. Why have I taken so much time sharing with you the different expectations and the the changes that you'll experience when you come through our doors next week? Because our re-entry and our regathering in person, for as much as we loved what's gone on here in the past, what Almighty Sovereign God has allowed to take place in the global reshaping of life demands that things will be different here as well. But here's how we as followers of Jesus today and forever moving forward 
are able to confidently, collectively, in full unity of the gospel, continue to sing the songs of the Lord, even in these radically different environments. Our heartache goes to an authentic hopefulness when we remember who we are and why we exist. The radical changes that have occurred as a result of this global pandemic has definitely changed the what we do, has definitely changed the how we do things. I mean, it's changed the makeup of our organizational structure. But never will who we are and why we exist as who we are ever change until the Lord comes again. And this is exactly where I want to leave you today. In seeking God and the grace of Jesus, the anointing and power of the Spirit moving among us and filling us up, ask God to remind you, to remind your families who you are and why you exist. And then out of those questions, ask him, God, who are we as a church family? And why do we exist as a church family, a local expression of your bride in Katy, Texas? What I want to do is encourage you over these next six, seven days as we so enthusiastically look forward to regathering in person. Allow these questions in your prayer life, seeking the Father, to prepare the posture of your hearts so that as we walk through these doors together next week and gather and exalt the name of Jesus, we will be ready, regardless of the radically different environment of a post-quarantine world. we will be so perfectly positioned in Christ to embrace who we are and the purpose of our existence. I look forward to sharing that with you more next week. And until then, let's seek the Father together. Let's pray. Father, in no way do we want the, the continued productivity and gospel ministry to discount or neglect the, the heartache and the grief that has been experienced and that is still heavily present during the season. But God, because of who Jesus Christ is, the one who lived perfectly, the one who died a sinner's death in our places, the one who went to a barred grave and rose on the third day, the one who ascended back to you and sent his spirit to dwell among us, to move among us, to fill us for your purposes and glory. Would you cause that reality to take us from a paralyzed heartache and to be transformed into hopefulness for what you have in store for your glory ahead. Lord, we look forward to gathering again in person next week. May you radically impact us as we prepare our hearts and allow you to posture